Welcome to the Taylor Careers Podcast. I'm Shannon Sanford, career and business strategist. I coach driven individuals how to find their calling through clarity and confidence coaching, along with the help of my wonderfully supportive network of professionals. My mission is to bridge the gap between the unknown, uncertainty, and unfulfillment into a passionately rewarding career. Whether you are struggling to choose the right path, thinking of transitioning into a new role, or are interested in personal development, this podcast is for you. Join me weekly as I interview a variety of professionals to hear their stories, gain expert advice and insights from these career-driven guests to help you position your future for success within your own personal journey to your tailored career. Hello friends, today I've got Sarah Pavia on the call to talk about her career journey and how she began her own unique styling business. In our chat ahead, we'll be discussing what it's like to be a personal stylist, an avid thrifter, and how to combine your passion with a consumer need into a money-making opportunity. Sarah and I connected a few years ago through a girl boss networking group that we both love, and I was inspired just by the way she was able to curate a career path for herself and a pretty cool one at that. So anyways, here to chat about her journey is my friend Sarah. First off, how have you been? Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate this very much. I'm doing well and really excited to talk to you today. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll just kick it off with you sharing your story. I'd love for the listeners just to kind of hear where you were and how you got to where you are today. Absolutely. So I have a bit of a a weave path. It's definitely non-traditional. And I went to um, school for history of all things and for what I'm doing now and um, decided that I wanted to. Yeah, yeah. I was a history major and um, did psychology in the backdrop. And then I was really involved in college with student clubs and organizations and kept thinking, you know, I'd love to work on a college campus. And so I was told you can do that and you can make a career path out of that. So I went to school for my master's in higher education administration and student affairs counseling and um, got two degrees in that, two master's degrees. And then I went and worked at Syracuse University for a few years, RIT, which is the reason why I moved to Rochester for about 10 years. And um, throughout that entire time, I just kept honing a lot of skill sets that really play into where I'm at now. And so my path didn't start um, with the with the stylist angle or owning a business, but I, I really believe that those positions helped build me to this. Um, and quite a few people would always say, oh, Sarah, the uh, the stylist in student affairs, the, the most fashionable in the department. And, you know, it's very humbling because I love fashion. <laughs> I always have. And um, I never thought that that could be something that, oh, my passions could align. My hobbies could become realities of a, of a you know, a paid position and my own business. And so I, um, I just, I started a blog and started talking about all of those things that I was passionate about. People started asking me questions and it dawned on me, oh, you, this is something that you can actually make a career from. And it has been quite a bit of trial and error along the way of figuring that out because it is a very non-traditional path. And, um, you know, there's, there's, there's a new, new uh, segment to it every single day. It never looks the same. And I've just continued to build it. And now I've got quite a follower base and I'm, I'm really, really happy with where things are headed. Yeah. That's so exciting. I mean, it just sounds like, you know, because things are constantly new and ever changing or less than traditional, it sounds very exciting and 
constantly oh, it is. And, and I've met so many amazing people and, you know, the community aspect and um, most of them just through social media. And even though the girl boss group that you mentioned that we're a part of is all just from online, I wouldn't have the network or the probably the empowerment to um, take the path that I have now if it wasn't for that group. And you know, I, I, so my position is that I, I have second look and I'm a stylist. And so I work with, um, individuals and homes. And so it's wardrobes, spaces. Um, I do events. I've done consulting, consulting gigs, I guess you could call them and whatnot. And, um, that was going so well. And people kept saying, I wish you could buy my clothes for me. I wish you could actually just shop for the clothes. And so then I started offering personal shopping services and then thought, geez, this is quite a bit of time and effort to shop for all of these women. What if I just curate a collection that I then can sell um, and started building that. And my, my niche, my angle is um, secondhand. So I do most of my items in my storefront and um, styling from, from thrift stores, which is really cool. It's, it's a unique angle and people, people are really seem to be on board with it. Yeah, I love that. And it's, it's trendy, but it's also sustain like sustainable. And, you know, we're all kind of on board with being eco-friendly and how can we, you know, continue to be better for the world. And I think this is such a great angle that you are taking. Oh, absolutely. And right now with all the changes and people trying to really think differently about the way that they connect and the way that they live, I mean, your carbon footprint, people just think, oh, it's putting boxes in a recycling bin and putting it out to the curb. It's not, it's, you know, it's the way that you're buying things. It's where you're buying things. Fast fashion is one of the, the biggest, um, biggest culprits out there for working against a sustainable world and the mass production and takes, takes 1 um, billion gallons of water to make a pair of jeans. It's insane um, when you look at the statistics. And so I was taking those educational pieces and I get really passionate about it because you know, it, it's, there's so many ways to live sustainably, but people don't think of it in this direction. And I was thinking about what that means. And the fact that you can go to a secondhand store and find jeans that are gently worn or new with tag, and you're paying a fraction of the cost and you're keeping companies from continuing to, to build that fast fashion mindset. And so right. it's not just the styling aspect of helping someone look and feel great in their clothes, but it's also the educational component about the way that they're living. Yeah, absolutely. Can you just just describe for us a typical day in the life of what you do? What does that look like for you? So, um, so in addition to being a being a stylist and owning Second Look, my shop, I also am a PR representative for Goodwill the Finger Lakes. So, I do have um, a position with them too, which actually ties really nicely with Second Look. I speak in the community about Goodwill, um, the impact of shopping at secondhand stores, and so. A lot of times at during the day, I'm um, on media outlets or, or different pages and trying to connect our organization in the community and, and really help bolster a strong brand presence for, um, for Goodwill. But it's nice because then I can segue that immediately into Second Look because it's the same kind of mentality because I support Goodwill with um, my Second Look purchases for my shop and for my clients. And so it's a really nice, it's a nice full circle approach, but um a lot of times during the day, I'm representing Goodwill. Uh, I work pretty frequently on Second Look in the later afternoon and evenings. And pre-pandemic, I was in clients' homes quite a bit. I would come in, I would style their wardrobes, go through, 
help them feel empowered about the pieces they already have in their closet and how they can wear them differently. And then um, remove the ones that maybe have seen better days and that could be replaced with something that's a little bit of a better fit for their body. So there was a lot of that. Um, and with the, with the shop, the shop takes a good amount of time because it's not a company that I work with where I'm bringing in clothing and I'm having six, 16 shirts available in uh, a different sizes in this design. It is personally curated from top to bottom. I hand select every single one of the items that are shown in the shop or that I send to my customers. So it takes a lot of time to find the items, to photograph, to um, do the whole back end process, get them to the clients. And so I run everything a tight little ship, but it, it is a good amount of work. And so the day, the day consists of a lot of responses to customers working with women. And I absolutely love it. I really do. The conversations I have with women are just amazing and, and feeling them move from A to Z and their comfort level and their wardrobe and, and their space is just, it's just very rewarding. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I was going to really just kind of go into my next question was what did you enjoy most about your career? And I'm sure that's probably what this is, right? That rewarding experience, that fulfillment that you get out of helping someone truly just feel and live their best. Of course. And a lot of people will say, oh, whatever, who cares about clothing and whatnot. And it's not about the clothes themselves. It's about the way that it makes the person feel. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, your outward style is an expression of your inward self. I say that all the time to my clients is that um, if you're feeling down in the dumps or whatever it may be, I, for me personally, I know if I get a little more dressed, I feel more productive with my day. I show up differently to my day, especially on the days that I need to. And so if you, if you are dressing your body in a way that you just don't feel good about, if you're dressing your body in a way that you just don't feel good about, um, but the way that you're representing yourself, th those things affect everything. And so it's, it's a lot of conversation. And I think my counseling degree goes really well with that. It's quite a bit of conversation about what people are comfortable with. You've got women all over the gambit right now too. So people have gained weight because of the pandemic. People have lost wow. weight. People are home all the time. And so they feel like they don't have any reason to change their clothes. And so it's, it's listening and it's finding where that customer's at and really trying to help them feel comfortable and thrive in, um, in their presentation of themselves in the space they live. And it's, it's very, very rewarding. It can be a little heartbreaking at times knowing that people are struggling so much with their confidence and we all do. I mean, absolutely. We all have those struggles and, yeah, um, sure. that's, that's the most rewarding part. And especially seeing them online when they tag me in their clothes and they say, Oh, it's from second look. And I, it's, it's always like that warm tingly feeling inside because it's a very, it's a very visible platform um, to see someone put something that you've invested your time in online. It's, you know, it's your brand being personified through them wearing it. It's, it's very visible. It's very personal. And it's, it's, it's really exciting to see. Yeah. And you have that tangible uh, outlook. Right. So two questions for you. One, the, you had mentioned you work with primarily women. Do you ever work with guys? Yes, I have worked with men. That is a um, an area I'm trying to grow a little bit more because there's such a stigma around that. And yeah. the idea that men only wear what they have and that's that. And they do. Men wear the heck out of their clothes. I'll give them that. <laughs> they wear them to the ground. Um, but there are quite a few men out there who are starting to feel more comfortable talking about their struggle with their confidence. And so, um, you know, sometimes it's women coming to me saying, hey, my husband's boss significant other 
wouldn't ever come to you on their own, but I know he's struggling with this. What should I say? And so sometimes it's even that middle conversation too about, well, here's some, here's some tactics to approach that. And here's this, and it's, it's building that trust. And if people feel they can trust you and have a, um, a conversation with you that's personalized and empathetic yet confidential. Um, mm-hmm. I, I have found that has really worked to lead all of my, my client approaches. And so, um, I've been dabbling in more and more with men's shoes because I, I know men buy their shoes. So I've been helping them with that. Uh, but the, the confidence building is something that for men that is really intriguing me right now. And it's, it's pretty hot. If you look at the research and whatnot, that it's, it's a, it's a train, it's a changing trend in terms of masculinity in our society. Yeah, absolutely. I know when I worked in men's myself in my, my days when I was at Von Mar, um, guys would just come in constantly and just say, I don't know, pick me out an outfit. I don't know what to wear. And so right. I feel like a lot of times they're, they just honestly don't know what's trendy and they don't know what looks good on them and in their bodies. And then thus kind of creates this difficulty within their confidence as well. So I think just giving right. them a platform where they can understand what looks good on them and then increase their confidence as well. Like you were saying, right. And women are surrounded by messages all the time, images, et cetera. We are mm-hmm. constantly thrown how to look, how to dress, how your body should look, et cetera. Messages that are far and few between, um, for, for a man, it's just different. And so there's, I appreciate that there's more conversation around that and trying to help men feel just as confident. Right. So now we were talking a little bit about, um, challenges within surrounding the pandemic, right? So within not only working with your clients, but just on a day-to-day basis, how has that really affected you? What challenges have you come across and how have you been able to really succeed and overcome those? So again, it's been a difficult time for everybody. And especially I feel so much for small businesses. And the nice thing for mine going into the pandemic was a lot of the components was already virtual in some aspects. My shop is online. Um, my shop is online, my process and whatnot. A lot of my communication is, is via, via these platforms anyways. And so I have found that people are, um, you know, my business did well despite the challenges, but I've had to pivot and be creative as many have. I've had virtual sip and shops, whereas before I would have had those in person. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that connection, because again, part of the biggest part of what I feel I do as a stylist is not just throwing clothes at you and saying, yeah, sure, buy this jacket. It's talking you through how that jacket would look great on you, what you could pair it with, making you feel confident. So my conversation has really moved to um, my phone rather than the in-person. And that's a struggle because you spend the majority of your time, um, as we were talking about, like on the phone, you yep. spend the majority of your time in front of a screen and people are, people are screened out. And so I feel I try my best to keep my creativity at the forefront to keep them engaged and um, to keep myself as available as possible because, you know, your, your brand can be, can be your items, but ultimately your brand is you. And if people feel that you're there for them um, and that you're willing to be flexible with their needs and, and just for that, um, that that's really helped me. So I, I feel for everybody, the customers too, and the stories I've been hearing and um, I'm actually running a, a little challenge right now on my on my Instagram page, a holiday challenge about trying to just kind of get up and get dressed every day and put yourself in that cheerful spirit because, you know, we're not we're not doing much else. And so just little things yeah. to try to keep spirits high. Yeah, that's great. And I love what you said that your brand is you. Well, there's plenty of people you work with, too. I mean, I, I, if anything you take away today, people listening is that, um, again, being your brand, if you work with an organization or a company, 
you're going to get the product. When you work with a small business, you're going to get the person and, Mm -hmm. and the product. And that's the thing that is people know that not only have I hand selected those items for them because I kept them in mind, but I've also worked with them to make them feel great, to give them the personal compliment, to write them the note for when they pick up the item, things like that. It's just, it's, um, it's a full process and that's why it can be a demanding one to be a business owner because you invest that much more of yourself. And it's just, I mean, for a lot of us, it's just me, you know, it's just one person running that. And, um, as many of us are, and, you know, I think that really helps people appreciate the connection more when you're able to put yourself out there as your brand. Sure. And really be able to personalize it too. We all appreciate that. Right. In your opinion, what personality traits or characteristics should someone kind of bring to the table if they're looking to become a stylist? So I think first and foremost, you have to be open to knowing yourself. If you want to be a stylist yourself, what works for you? What doesn't? And you have to be honest about that. So I could sit there and tell every woman, yeah, that looks great. That looks great. That looks great. And it, it may not. And so first I had to really learn my own body and what works on me, um, what inspires me and you know who I am, and what my look is. From there, um, I would then say working with your clients, you have to find a way to be empathetically massaging your conversation to say, not, oh, this, this looks horrible on you, but more, (laughs) well, let's, you know, I, let's try a different fit or that's great, but what about this? So there's a lot of language that goes into it. And so I would Mm -hmm. definitely say working on your conversational tactics and skills. Again, I keep saying the word empathy, but it's so true going back to that. The communication part is such a large part of what I do that people people need to feel empowered and people need to feel that they can make those own decisions themselves. So you're empowering them to feel confident once you leave the situation to be able to style themselves without you present. And that comes from solid conversation base. So, um, you know, I do a lot of research too, and I have I have my own style and, you know, I, I add my own elements into that, but I'm constantly searching what are the trends. So spring 2021 trends, things like that, trying to get ahead of the curve. It's knowing the community, knowing what people are going to want and anticipating it before they're going to want it. So um, it's definitely trying to get out there and see what other people are doing and and be a part of that. So um, it helps it helps knowing yourself and feeling very comfortable having and confident having these conversations with others because it is it can be very um, difficult for people to talk about their own style or lack thereof and their bodies as a result of that. So being mm-hmm. being prepared for those tough conversations. Yeah, and I think too, if I worked with a stylist, that's exactly what I would want as well. You want honesty and confidence and someone to tell you the truth, but also be empathetic to your body right. and what you look like in the clothing as well. Right. Yep. You had mentioned kind of like getting ahead of the trend, right? So getting ahead of the game, looking ahead to see what, whether it be colors or styles or shapes, silhouettes, things like that for the next year. Do you find that that's difficult when you are more on the thrifting side and and shopping secondhand? Do you find that that's difficult to really gain for your customers or what does that look like? Uh, That's a great question. I was just thinking that after I answered that, I, I, sometimes find it difficult, but I have to be honest, more often than not having the knowledge ahead of time of what's coming, I can start searching the stores earlier and everything that's new was new so many years ago. And so even if it's a different variation on a color, like the Pantone color of the year or a trend, um, I'm able to at least find things. And I try to spin the angle. And that goes back to being creative with my shop is, um, 
you know, this might not be exactly what Ann Taylor is advertising as the hot skirt trend for spring for $80, but this is pretty darn close. And it's secondhand, it's sustainable, and it's an original. It's chic. It's vintage. So, like, mm -hmm. I try to throw all those terms in there, which are true terms. There's no false advertising with that. But trying to um, get ahead of the game again puts me in a good space when I'm out finding these items to be prepared for what's to come. So I have a an overstock in my inventory space of items for spring and summer already that I know are going to be hot items. And I've been finding some variation of the method thrift. So um, stocking those up so that they're, they're primed and ready to go when, when the big ball drops, but it, it can be, it can be difficult, but I, people thrift, um, excuse me, donate to the thrift, the most amazing things. And I've seen stuff that I've gone into target one day. I kid you not. I could go into Goodwill on the weekend and it's there. People donate things that are in store right now. I have no idea how that happens, Crazy. but it's, you can find very trendy chic or you can find very vintage classic. It's, it's all there. It's just, it just takes time to look for it in planning. Yeah. Okay. So what is one piece or tip of advice you'd going to give someone? I know we did, we did talk a little bit about personality traits and characteristics, like overarching tip or piece of advice you'd look to give someone who truly just wants to do what you do. The biggest piece I would say is that for the longest time, I thought, um, I would say I fell into this, but I would also say I wouldn't because I, I thought about it forever. I mean, even as a little girl, I would have my fake storefront in my, um, my room in my, in my mom's house and I'd have my clothes and I'd have all these things, whatever you've always been playing with, dreaming with, thinking about whatever it may be are pretty much probably the things that are going to drive your passions and what you want to do. Don't ignore them is a big, a uh, big point. I would say don't mm -hmm. ignore them because now that I'm in my thirties, I'm like, I wish a long time ago, I had just been like, yeah, I love this. Like, how do I make this happen? And don't think that just because there isn't a defined path or you're going to have to do it alone or whatever it may be, that it's not possible. There are people that are out there getting paid just to show their face on Instagram every day. Every single thing is possible and you can start just by starting. And that sounds so simple, but it's can also be really daunting. And Nobody sat down a, a book in front of me and said, here's how you become a stylist. Here's how you want to shop. I just started throwing myself online in the hopes that something stuck to the wall and it's taken some time, but it's just trial and error and trying different things and being uh, willing to, to realize that didn't work, that I failed forward. Um, mm -hmm. Just really putting yourself out there to test your level of confidence. I, I feel very confident, but that has been a very, it's been a growing journey for me and it's constant and I have doubts all the time. So don't just, don't just put yourself out there and try to make your dreams reality just by trial and error. Also own that it's okay that some things aren't going to work. That is all part of the experience and find pride in that because you have the courage to at least take the leap. You have the courage to at least try regardless. Like every step of your journey should be prideful and you should be humbled by that as well. So don't, don't, uh, don't look to others to see how they necessarily did it. Just put yourself out there and start doing it. And that's, it's going to get you where you want to go. Yeah. I love that. Such great advice. And I don't know if you've ever read the book by Maria Forleo, everything is figure outable. No, I'll have to add no, that to my list. You do. It's honestly one of the most amazing books I've ever read. So shout out to Marie. She is amazing. I follow her on Instagram. Um, that's honestly what, what really sparked me to decide to go full force and start my coaching business. Cause I've always had the idea for a long time and really decided after I read that book, it was more of a, uh, 
worksheet style books. So you would write notes in there and then you would stop and think and reflect and just, just really amazing. And again, her whole, her title says it all right. So anything you could think of is figure outable. So whether it's from, you know, going on Google or YouTube and figuring out how to do something, whether it's software related or finding a network of people to talk to, to help, um, and succeed yourself. So I definitely recommend that book. Um, but like I, I said, love it that says it all. Yeah. I'll definitely sure. put that on my list. It's so true. Anything you want to mm-hmm. do. I mean, we have the world at our fingertips right now. So, so yeah. that's amazing. Definitely writing that down. Awesome. And then last question for you. So kind of just off the wall. And I love to ask my guests this question. You could, if you could choose any other career in any other field, what would you be doing and why? Wow. Okay. I, I would really love to be a travel blogger. I see a lot of pictures out there and these people who have just made it happen where they're like, oh, I, I stay at an Airbnb every other month and, and you know, in England and Scotland. And I, I love seeing different places because um, outdoor places, because I'm really humbled by nature. It's a reminder to me that we're a much smaller piece of a much bigger picture, that you are way less important than you think you are. Yeah, <laughs> and for I like sure. being in nature for that. And so I would love to have something to do with documenting um, and traveling to different places and just lo- being more cultured all around. So that would be cool. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I mean, I, I know we all, and anyone listening right now has probably had the itch to travel this year and that's just not really realistic. So that's definitely one of my goals for once the you know pandemic is over and we're all really able to travel as we please. I'd love to just experience new areas and to be more cultured and, you know, see the world. Absolutely. So Absolutely. Definitely. Once we can go outside safely again. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Yes. So I will put a link if anyone is listening to this and is interested in reaching out to Sarah, um, whether you're local or not, and you want to get a hold of her, I will put her information and her website in the episode um, notes below. So you have a contact information to Sarah and um, you can get some great styling and thrifting tips from her as well. All right. Well, Sarah, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And I know all of our listeners as well, as well, appreciate your advice and really just kind of looking forward to hearing more from you. I loved it. Thanks so much, Shannon, for having me. This was excellent. I appreciate it very much. That's a wrap for today's interview. I hope you were encouraged today and learned something new in this conversation. Check out more episodes on the Tailored Careers podcast, where we deep dive into a variety of jobs each week by chatting with carefully selected experts in their field. I encourage all of you to listen to a career or industry you are unfamiliar with. You just never know what may spark your interest or inspire you. Feel free to check out more insights and inspiration on social media. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at at Tailored Careers. As always, thanks so much for listening. Stay inspired, my friends.